0: we are beginning, as I talked about earlier, a new a new you know, series of messages, a new focus this month called Building on Faith, Giving and Joy, a Capital Campaign Program for the expansion of our facilities. And you know, like I said earlier, God has God has blessed greatly the church and where we are now. And we believe because God has blessed us, that God is asking us to take another step, another step of faith so that we can provide what God's already given us, provide more for what God's already given us in an, ex- an expanding, exploding youth and children's ministry. And you know, one of the great things about this is there's not I don't, there's not anything better to invest in than young people. I re- in all honesty, I really enjoy I enjoy young people. I enjoy kids. Kids are a blast to talk to, especially whenever you get them away from their parents. Because when you get them away from their parents, y'all, I know so much stuff about y'all because of your kids. And y'all would be shocked what I know. Uh, I was, uh, as a matter of fact, the first service today, I was talking about uh, one family in particular, the Parkers, who will not allow me to talk to their children anymore because I just got so much stuff on them. It's just great. So every time I see them, I just start laughing, and I, they just know. You know they're like, I, don't even talk to us because we already know that you know a whole bunch of stuff. But kids are great to talk to. And one of the great things about our kids is that you know, they're like a clean slate. That's right, the very young ones are a clean slate, and they're like sponges. And so what, what we teach them and what we put before them, they soak all of that stuff in. And so the challenge for us as a church is to examine ourselves, to examine our homes, to examine our church, and to say, what is it exactly that we are teaching our young people because we really believe that if we put them on the right track and we begin to put in their minds the things of God that it's going to affect not just not just their lives today, but that it's going to affect the future for them and for this church and for this family. We have a need to build, to teach. And that's what our focus today is going to be on. a, a focus for us to build, to teach because I really see our church as being a partner with with other families in helping facilitate spiritual growth with the children that we have. And the place really where, where teaching begins is in the home. I believe that God has given a command to his people to begin to train up their children the way that they should go so that when they are old they will not depart from it. And we're going to see that every child needs spiritual guidance to come from mom and dad. And this is such a critical thing. And yet many of us struggle, many parents and sometimes many churches struggle in providing teaching that is for the benefit of our children so that they can begin to grow in a relationship with God. A lot of times what happens is we want to leave that kind of teaching up to celebrities or we want to leave it up to administrators or teachers. And I think part of the reason why is when we think as parents of being the ones who are going to, to build our children up to teach uh, so that we can teach our children, it's, it's sort of an intimidating thought process for us. But there's no doubt in my mind that Scripture teaches that teaching begins in the home with our kids. Now, if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4. I know Deuteronomy is probably not one of the first books that you think of. You know, whenever you think, I'm going to go read the Bible today. And so if you're wondering where it is, you can go to the very front of your Bible, turn right just a little bit, and you're going to run into Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4. And my guess is, as you're turning there, that most of us know, most people know, that, that it is a wise thing to teach our children... About the things of God. I think most of us know that. And what we're going to see is that notion that we have about teaching our children is something that is definitely backed up in Scripture. And so we're just going to see a couple of reasons today why our children need spiritual guidance from the home. And the first reason that we're going to see is because loving God does not come naturally, it is something that must be taught. So parents, that is a role that we have with our children. Village church, that is a role that we have as a church. Loving God is not something that comes naturally. It is something that has to be taught. Now, look with me in verse number 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Now, I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm not trying to be a party pooper or anything like that. But I want you to know that it is in our nature, every person's nature here today, to rebel against God. It is in all of our natures to rebel against authority. Have y'all ever experienced that in your own personal life? Have you ever rebelled against authority? Um, I don't know how y'all are. I could probably guess. But I know that just in, in my... Now, I've matured a whole lot in the last three months. Uh, I've matured a whole lot. Now, whenever somebody would come in and tell me what to do... And I know Emily's sitting here just see smirking right now, so I know her very well. When somebody comes in and tells me... and. For instance, when she comes in and tells me what to do, I can tell you my very first instinct, would this be right, Emily, is to absolutely say, in my mind, not necessarily out loud, to say, somebody's telling me what to do, I guarantee you, I ain't going to do it. Now, why is that? It's because I'm mature. And uh, whenever you're mature like that, and somebody, somebody starts telling you what you're supposed to do, it's just natural for me. To buck up against it, I have never liked rules and regulations. Now I would follow them, but in my nature, I want to rebel against it. Just you know same thing, truth, God. It is in our nature to rebel against the leadership of God, and the Bible teaches this in Psalm 14:2 and 3. It says, "The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who see God." It says, all are turned aside, they together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Jeremiah seventeen nine is the icing on the cake here. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, using simple reason here, or logic, you'd have to say, well, if it's not natural for me to be obedient to God, then that is something that needs to be taught. Does that make sense? It doesn't come naturally, so if I'm going to be obedient to God, that is something that I need to be taught. It's something that I have to learn on my own. Now, you might say, well, if, if it doesn't come naturally, then it seems like that's not that big of a deal, that I shouldn't have to do it. But there's a lot of things that don't come naturally in our lives that we have to learn that are beneficial for us. And I can think of a few of them. Um, I know that it was important for for all of us to to learn the ABCs, right? I mean, nobody woke up one morning and just you know at, at the age of like two and just all of a sudden knew the ABCs. It just doesn't happen. You have to be taught that. Uh, You you know, there's not any three-month-old children that you see reading War and Peace. I mean, you have to teach people how to read, and the list goes on and on. Now, those things, we would say, they don't come naturally for us, but they are beneficial to us if we are taught them. And the same thing is true concerning our relationship with God. One of the great things we discover about our text today is that there are some hints that are given to us as to how we can teach our children to have a relationship with God. We can teach them the importance of God. And one of them is to teach our children that there's only one God. It's important for us to teach at village church, to teach in our homes. But there is one God and one God only. Now, why is that? Well, it's because the Bible says that God is a jealous God. And God wants our focus and our attention to be upon Him. Now, you might say, well, that sounds kind of arrogant. Why is God so caught up in that? Well, let's put it back on ourselves. I know in, in marriage... That I want my wife, and you want your wife or your husband, you want their devotion and their attention to be upon you more than anybody else. Would you all agree with that? Does that sound pretty, I mean, because I'm giving you all my opinion, and I think it's scriptural. Now, what if your spouse came to you and said, you know what, I I don't like you as much as one of my friends. And I just, I'm going to hang out with them more than you. I'm not asking you to answer. Now you know I can tell you from my perspective that if some if if uh my spouse said that said, "You know what, I just really enjoy this person more than you, and even if she believes that, please don't tell me that but uh, uh but you know if, if if they said that that would bother me, and it would bother me because i want i want I want them to be devoted to me more than anybody else now you might say, well if you 're talking about a relationship with God, we don 't have to worry about about competing factors with God, because there's not a lot of different gods out there that we've got to worry about. It's not much competition. Let me tell you something. If you think that, I want you to know that, that you're, you're errant in your thinking. Did you know in the United States today that Christianity is not the fastest growing religion in our country? You know, we have a lot of people now telling us, it doesn't matter what God you worship. Whenever you pray, eventually all the prayers end up going to the same place anyway. Now that is a general thought process that many people have. But that is not what the Bible teaches us. The very first commandment in Scripture tells us that you shall have no other gods before me. That's what God said. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, these are things our children need to be taught. Because if they're not taught that, then a lack of knowledge is very destructive. The Bible says in Hosea 4.6, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you've ignored the law of your God. And this one I found interesting. I also will ignore your children. Parents, do you think it's important that in our church... And in our homes that we teach our children about the one true God. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. That is what we are to be teaching our children. And yet what many of us are doing is instead of bowing down to the God of Scripture, we are bowing down to the God of of materialism. Or we're bowing down to the God of of convenience. Or we're bowing down to the gods of, of sports, the gods of athletics. But I look in Scripture, I see God says, I want you to bow down before me. And he says in our text today, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That is all-encompassing. God says, I want every bit of you to love me. Now, parents, how do we teach our kids that? Village Church, how do we teach our children that? Let me tell you what we do. We model it. You know, kids are very smart. They are so much smarter than sometimes we think. Because I promise you, your children are listening to what you say. And then they're going to watch what you do. And they're going to measure those two things up together to see how important those things are in your life. So we better be imparting the things of God to our children and living for God. Because as we do that, the chances become greater that our children are going to discover Him. And if they don't discover Him, they're going to be left... To the ways of this world. Where's, where does this world lead us? Well, we're told in Galatians 6 8, the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, I know this is a no brainer question. Don't you want your kids to reap eternal life? You know, if there is eternal life, you might be wondering that. Is it really eternal life? Even, even if you're wondering that, don't you hope that it's true? And don't you want your children to have it? If you want them to have it, then one thing you need to do is be moving your kids closer and closer to God, so they can discover Him. A couple of years ago in our church, we had we had a bowling league, and let me tell you something. It, that is that is a, that it was it was that was one of the funnest leagues we've, I've ever played in. And I want you to bowling is for studs. I mean, you have to be you have to be a great athlete to bowl well. And so uh, whenever I bowl, I can tell you, I can bowl pretty consistently. I'm over 100. I'm pretty good. Um, now, the hey, uh, the, uh, the, uh, perfect, the perfect game in bowling is, is 300. And so I'm a little far away from that. But when you bowl, did you all know that you, are, you stand 60 feet away from the pins? What I've discovered is if you move really close to the pins, like 15 feet away from them, your game really improves. Uh, you, can, you can become deadly accurate when you're only 15 feet away from the pins. But, whenever the, you know, but when you move back from the pins, the further away from the pins you are, the greater the chances that you're going to err in hitting the pins right where you need to. But the closer you are, the greater you increase your chances of hitting it dead on. Now here's the point. The closer our children are to God the greater the chances that they're going to hit this life dead on. That they're going to be on the path that God desires for them to be on. But the further away from God that they are, the greater the chance that they are going to err in their living for God. Okay, so how do we move our children? How do we close that gap between our children and God? Just a couple of simple things. One, take time to to read scripture, to, read, to actually read the Bible, and do it in front of your kids so they see what's important to you. Take time to pray with your children. Take time to bring them into the church. And as you do things like this, what you're doing is you're moving your children closer to the target of Jesus, which increases their chance of staying on the path that God wants them to be on. So whenever I look into our text today, I see there's some reasons our kids need spiritual guidance from the parents. One, loving God doesn't come naturally. It needs to be taught. And parents, you have the opportunity to be the greatest teachers in the lives of your children. And Village Church, we are here to assist and to help parents be able to do that. But Then I look into our text as well, and I see another reason our kids need to be taught spiritual guidance from their parents is because the family is the ideal place... To teach on spiritual matters. The family is the ideal place. Now let me share with you our final three verses. In verse number 7, it says, Impress them, or these things, on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Ride them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This really interests me. I read a study that said by the time children are three years old, their basic personality has already been formed. Isn't that that amazing? The personality that you have today was formed by the time you're three years old. It is determined that that the, the way you behave, the basic structures that you have in your life, by the time you're three years old, they are being set in place. And you know what that means for parents? We better get on it when it comes to our children. And what we are teaching them, and what we are demonstrating, and how we are living. You see, when your children are young, you have a great opportunity to influence and impact their lives. Why? For one, they live with you. Your kids, I mean, you have a captive audience with your children, literally. You know, when they're little kids, not like when a two year old kids when you have a two year old child and he's gonna say, Hey mom and dad, I'm, I'm going camping with some of my buddies. Uh, that doesn't happen. They are with you and they rely upon you for food, shelter, drink, and love. And whenever you teach them, they are paying attention. So the question is, what are you teaching your kids right now? In the way that you live, what is it that you are expressing to your children that is important to in your life. Because the most important thing you can teach your children is that Jesus is the most important thing. Now you might say, well how often should I teach my children about God? If you have your Bible, you can, you can look in verses 7-9 through nine again. And if you look in verses 7-9 through nine again, I won't read it all, but it says, impress these things on your children. It says, talk about it when, you, when you're at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. How often is that? That's pretty all-encompassing, isn't it? All the time. Now, that can be an intimidating thought for parents. We can think, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to teach them about the things of God all day long? I don't have a Bible degree. You know, I don't know Hebrew and Greek. I mean, that can be very intimidating to look at. But that's not what the Scripture's saying here. There's some simple things that you can do just by the way that you live to teach your children about the importance of God. Uh, one thing you can do is point them to Scripture. I know whenever our children were younger that Emily went out and she bought all these little illustrated Bibles for our kids. You know, the Bibles that have pictures in them, cartoons? And uh, that was really good for me. You know, I'm good at pictures. And so what we did is every night before the kids go to bed, we'd read Scripture to them. And you'd have the pictures. But we'd, we'd read those things to them to familiarize them with what God's Word said. Why would we want to do that? Because God's Word... Y'all, it leads to life. It leads us down the path God wants us to be on. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now I'm sure all of us desire for our children. We want them to be good people. We want them to make wise decisions. We desire for our children to be productive citizens. And the Bible is a great tool to teach uplifting values. The Bible is a great tool to teach us how to live in this life so that we can please and honor God. Read scripture to your kids. What's another thing we can do? Pray with your kids. You Pray with your kids whenever they get up in the morning. Pray with your kids before you send them to school. Pray with your kids before they go to bed. Pray with your kids as you eat meals. Now what's the importance of all those things? It just shows our kids throughout the day the importance of acknowledging God. You know, that we're taking time, all the time, to acknowledge God. Our kids need to see that. To find out that God is important to us throughout all the day. We're told in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, it says, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Parents, God has given us prayer as a tool to demonstrate that we can actually make a connection with God. And we have way too many, way too many people who look at God as being distant, as being way off, and not interested in who we are as individuals. That's one reason why prayer is so important. You know, the neat thing about prayer is that it is a tool that we are using to connect with God, to talk to Him. When you teach your children to pray, you are teaching them God wants to hear from them. That God wants them to share life with Him. Now what happens if we don't do those things? Let me share with you just a couple of statistics that I found really interesting. I found out that if, if both parents are faithful and active in their faith and in worshiping God, it said 93% of their children will follow suit. 93%. If both parents are just sort of, you know, half-hearted about it, we're told that 53% of those children will be involved and active in their faith. If neither parent finds it important and they're not involved or active in seeking after God, 8% of their children will discover Jesus. 8%. What does that mean? Parents it means we better be involved in teaching our children the things of God. Because your kids, let me tell you something, your kids and my kids, they are watching us. And they're going to take to heart the way we live. Monterey, California is a, a beautiful town. And in Monterey, there was, it used to be a, quite a bit of a fishing village. And so the fishermen would come to the docks, they'd clean their fish, and they'd throw the leftover fish out, and the pelicans would all gather there. It's a free meal for them. And so they'd eat all the, you know, all the leftovers. And they got so used to getting fed, guess what they forgot how to do? They forgot how to fish. And so the pelicans, they never went out fishing anymore. they just go to the docks and were hungry. They'd sit there, they'd eat, and then they'd go home. Well, there was a problem that happened, and that's when the fishermen decided that they were no longer going to use that dock to clean their fish. So the pelicans all show up, and the fishermen are not there anymore. The pelicans are kind of looking around for food, and they're hungry. And so they just sit there. And they wait. One day passes, two day passes. The pelicans had forgotten how to fish. Literally, within within a couple of weeks, the pelicans were starving to death in Monterey, California. Isn't that bizarre? They know how to fish. They used to fish, but now they're just waiting for somebody to give them a free meal. So they start starving to death because nobody's there anymore. The town had to get together and they had to import pelicans from other parts of the California coast to teach those hungry pelicans how to fish again so those pelicans are sitting there the new pelicans come in they start flying around and they start getting fish now i know i'm I'm guessing that the pelicans must have some kind of a brain i'm sure some of them are thinking well look at that they're getting food and so you know what they started doing they started following the other pelicans and they started flying around with them and they learned how to fish again what happened with that the fish famine ended Now, yes, we are in a spiritual famine today. Why? Because there's a lack of teaching that's been going on for a long time in the homes and in churches with our children. Teaching them who God is and his importance. And the result of that is there are people who are spiritually starving to death. And they're looking for some pretty sorry substitutes to give them fulfillment in life. And what's happening is that we have a young generation rising up who is jaded, who is unfulfilled, and they don't know where to look to find peace and hope. You know where it begins? It begins with mom and dad. You know what our role is as a church? Is to facilitate, to come alongside parents, to say we're going to back up the teaching that you will give your children in the homes to tell them about Jesus So, my encouragement for you, teach your kids about Jesus. Because your kids are watching you. Now, why do they need spiritual guidance? Loving God doesn't come naturally, it's got to be taught. Why do they need spiritual guidance? Because the family is the ideal place to teach on spiritual matters. But before you can teach your kids spiritually, you know what? You need to be connected to God first of all, you need to lead by example. And maybe some of you as parents say, you know what, I desire that for my kids. I desire for my children to know God. To know that there's a God who loves them. But I need to lead them first. And so what I'd like for us to do is we're just going to close out.